Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. What does it mean when a company's share price falls to cheap prices and executive insiders don't buy more? My question is, how much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds? I had a question about Dutch Bros. It's going to be a new IPO. And provides unbiased answers. I think the bet on the raw materials that go into electric cars are going to be far better than the electric car producers. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, December 13th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. Yep, just a few weeks left in the, the year for trading. And frankly, this is really the last trading week of the year uh, that probably matters. You know, we have the Fed meeting coming up here in a couple of days. And once we get through this week, then you have a holiday, you have two back-to-back holiday shortened weeks. And a lot of people go on vacation, they uh, are taking trips, they're, they're more focused on Christmas and the new year, and there's just not a lot of a volume, not a lot of trading, and typically low volume means higher prices, it means kind of a float up in the market. Now, that's not always the case, it's never a one-size-fits-all in this market, in the investing world ever. But that's kind of what you should expect. That's your base case. But as uh, the markets evolve, then you can adjust accordingly. Now, of course, the fact that we're about to close out the year means that you're probably thinking about the future, not just next year, but years ahead and building your financial future, building a comfortable financial future. And that's what we are here to help you with, to help you reach financial freedom, whatever that means to you. It's going to be different for you than somebody else. So on today's program and podcast, I will operate with my mission statement, which is always independent thinking and shared success. That's my assurance that no matter what we're talking about on air, whether it's a strategy, a stock, or a sector, I'm going to give you the facts as I see them in front of me and using my 20 plus years of investment experience, I'm going to give you some perspective as well. So I'm Justin Klein. Of course, I encourage you to contact me with your finance and investment questions. And when you do that, you get to shape this show to your liking. And that's why I encourage you to interact with me right now during our live stream program from four to five Pacific time, or you can leave a question on our anytime invest talk voice bank. Either way, the number never changes. It's 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener question now. Good morning. My name's Anne. I just have a dumb question. What do you think about cryptocurrency? Is it a good time to buy or is it going to start a downtrend? If it's a good time to buy, which one to buy? Is it Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solano, 
or GPTC, Coinbase, Right Blockchain, or anything. Thank you so much. Appreciate. Well, this is a question I've been getting a lot over the past few years, and uh, I'll just echo my sentiments over the past couple of weeks: is that uh, no, this is not a good time uh, to buy. I actually think we are in the the bust phase of kind of this this tech bubble 2.0 crypto bubble um i think we're 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 in the bus phase you see that with many of the names the pelotons of the world the zooms of the world down DocuSign, just really getting crushed now a lot of them are still up uh if you go back a few years uh, but that probably just means there's more downside to come because what happens is when you start to get momentum to the downside you get a lot of weak hands and that's I mean that means selling begets selling remember most of these assets whether that's crypto whether that's uh, story tech stocks they are being bought simply because price is moving up the vast majority of people don't understand the businesses don't understand the value and when I say value what I mean when I say that, I mean, what are you getting out of it? What What is the use case for these things? And while there are use cases being developed for crypto and, and blockchain, it, the, the value in the space, meaning the total aggregate value of all these coins, far exceeds any actual use case value that people are getting today or will likely get in the future. At least the the short to medium in the medium term future. Now, long term, just like with the tech space, took two decades for a lot of these tech companies from 2000 to get back to where they were trading back then. And so the valuations were and still are in most cases so out of whack that there's still plenty of downside to come. And so. That's my general thesis right now is that the liquidity that's being pulled out of the market by the Fed, which granted, they're not doing it in a dramatic fashion. It's very minor so far. But you can see the outsized impact it's had on these high value, high multiple assets. Bitcoin right now, down 7% over the last 24 hours and down to 46,700. And that's up. Uh, that's down from a peak of nearly 70,000 just a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. And so I think there's plenty of downside. I think you're going to see the teens in 2020 for Bitcoin. And we're going into uh, the bust phase. And that's why I would definitely not be buying right now. Keep an eye on it. It still has long-term potential. But all those weak hands, talk about hodling, they're not going to hodl on the way down. So that's what you're seeing now, and be selling will be get selling. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline. A high-profile institutional investor has warned, own everything but bubble assets. And this is coming from Richard Bernstein. He is the former advisor, former uh, chief strategist at Merrill Lynch, and he has his own firm now, but... He's uh, basically putting a call out there that 
similar to what I just echoed, that uh, a lot of these assets are uh, going into bust phase, but there are still a lot of opportunities out there, and they're probably not in the most interesting areas of the market. But, hey, you got to make money where you can make money. And right now, it's not in crypto or these bubble assets. So we're going to look at that story. Also, inflation. We're going to look at it from a, both a supply side and a demand side perspective, frankly, because that's what you're seeing today. There are two different arguments that this is driven by uh, too much stimulus, others by, oh, it's just the supply chain. Well, guess what? Just like anything in life, it's a little bit of both. There's a Reality typically lives in the gray area. Most people want to speak in black and white. And a lot of times that is colored by their political leanings. If you're a fan of Biden, well, it's uh, because of the supply chain. If you aren't, well, then it's uh, because there's too much stimulus and too much money printing and spending. Well, the reality is, as usual, like I said, typically in the middle. So we're going to look at some of those dynamics. A new SEC top enforcer is being appointed. And could this change? the way Wall Street is adjudicated and fined and enforced and what that might mean for the broader markets. And then lastly, how can young people, children and grandchildren of a lot of people, I think that are, that are probably listening to the show, how can they build a nest egg? How can maybe grandparents and parents help with that? Uh, that's more of a personal finance side, but definitely something that needs to be discussed. So those are my topics today. But ultimately, I want to know what is on your mind. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now let's take a look at the market today. You had the S&P down 43 points. Modest down day, but we are we are showing some signs of weakness here. And really, there's the main weakness today, which was interesting, was in large cap growth. Small cap value got hit a bit too. But large cap growth, which has kind of been, I don't say the bellwether, but definitely holding up better than uh, most of the market, finally got hit today. And I'm talking about a lot of the FANG names. Amazon was down decent today. Netflix was down a little bit today. And you're starting to see uh, a market that breath has been pretty weak. When I say breadth, meaning when you're not just looking at the top names. Remember, the S&P is market cap weighted. So in uh, the top five names carry a much larger weight. So when those do decent, the overall market is going to do decent. Okay? And so that's what you've seen re recently. But today, that was not the case. And that's why you saw a weak market overall. You had the NASDAQ down uh, a little over 1.5%. And you're starting to see, once again, the tech side roll over. Now we're off to a good start. My Invest Talk phone lines are open and ready for you. So you have finance and investment questions, and I have unbiased answers for you. Join the conversation at 888-99-CHART.
The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Question about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. No question is too simple. Wanted to ask about Teladoc. And each question is an important part of the podcast. My wife has a role over 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. Steve and Justin are fearless. That's fairly inexpensive for this kind of explosive growth. The problem here is that you're picking a leveraged ETF. Tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk. You've been instrumental in my understanding how this market works. Don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is here to help. And when you download the free InvestTalk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. This is Chris calling from Iraq. I'm calling to see what you think a good entry point for Blackstone Incorporated, ticker symbol BX Bravo X-Ray, would be for a long-term hold. I think the company looks strong, but it does seem overpriced at the moment. Thanks, and I look forward to hearing your answer on your show. All right. This is Blackstone Group, and this is one of the largest investment management companies in the world, $88 billion market cap. And they're supposed to earn $5 a share next year, a record high. No dividend yield here. But this is a name that is highly cyclical, and it's very profitable. But our value is much, much lower than it is today, even after it's being it's down about 14% from its 52-week high, uh, our value is much closer to $65, a, a, a share. And so until it gets down there into the mid to high 60s, I'm not getting excited about it. And, and technically, it started to roll over. Uh, not a shock. If you look at uh, the sector, uh, a good proxy is IAI which is the iShares Broker Dealer Index. This is actually a pretty good proxy for everyone out there to, to see where if there's risk on or risk off. Remember, the broker dealers, they have, they bet, they make risky bets. And so when things are good, they do fantastic. When things aren't so good, they start to show some weakness. And you're starting to see that here. Now, it hasn't broken the 200-day moving average, but it, it broke the 100, tried to rebound, and failed once again. So you're definitely seeing some major weakness on that side, and Blackstone uh, is within that index. So uh, I'm not going to touch Blackstone until it's much, much lower. Uh, and same with the broker-dealer index. I would say uh, anything in that space definitely needs to be avoided right now. Now let's uh, head over to our Invest Talk uh, iTunes questions and take one from NYC34 says, love the show. Hear it every day. What do you think about the ticker symbol LKCO? LKCO. Lukong Technology, Chinese provider of location-based services and mobile applications. Uh, this is trading at 75 cents. The Chinese company. What, I've been, what have I been saying? I've been saying this for really a couple of years, and it's starting to finally come to fruition over the past couple of uh, six to nine months or so, where they're... 
they will always do what is best for them, what is best for China. And this is a company that is very small, $252 million market cap. It's been in a major decline. And it's uh, really since it IPO'd. And I would absolutely 100% pass on this name. I wouldn't touch this with other people's money. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. So we are here helping guide you with your answers to your finance and investment questions. And your participation is vital. So give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline. A high profile institutional investor has warned own everything but bubble assets. And once again, this is coming from Richard Bernstein. He is the CEO and CIO of Richard Bernstein Advisors. And what do you, I'll just give you some of his quotes. It says, quote, on one side, we have all that I would call the bubble assets, tech, innovation, disruption, cryptocurrencies. On the other side of this seesaw, you have literally everything else in the world. And I think you're, if you're looking at 2022 into 2023, you want to be in everything else in the world, on, in the world side of the seesaw, end quote. So basically saying, it's still going to be a good time to invest, but it's going to be highly dependent on what sectors you're in, what asset classes you're in, and valuations. And how valuations are very important. And his number one pick is energy. Probably is my number one pick as well. And he's calling oil the ignored bull market. And he believes that that next year will be the year for growth. Or the oil market will be the growth sector in 2022. He says, quote, the last time free cash flow yield for the energy sector was this high relative to either the market or the tech sector was around the tech bubble and energy outperformed for a decade. The sector's dividend yield is greater than three times the S&P 500's dividend yield, end quote. And he thinks this is going to be a similar period as the early 2000s. And frankly, I, I echo his sentiment. I, I can't really argue with him here. And he says he acknowledges that internet and cellular communications that were all touted in 2000 were were reality it took uh, you know over the next decade or two but it took years to really collect profits he says quote if you invest in the nasdaq 100 100 which were the real companies at the time it took you 14 years to break even and he thinks cryptos are the biggest financial bu- bu- bubble ever in history and he thinks it's going to drop 90 percent. and i can't really once again argue with him the one thing that makes me the most worried about crypto is how unregulated it is. Most of the time, if you look back to previous bubbles, the housing bubble, the the tech bubble, uh, most of that, that speculative mania happened within regulated markets. For example, 
In brokerage accounts, you can only go on 50% margin. That's one of the reasons why you had the Great Depression was uh, that those margin accounts were uh, unregulated. I think you could, you could leverage up to 10 times back in the great, uh, you know, the late 1920s. And that's why people got ruined so quickly and easily is because of that leverage. Well, guess what? The crypto market is even more leveraged than that. It is so unregulated. And then you have these quote unquote stable coins. And it's been kind of shown that there's a lot of fraud in there and what they say it's backed by. And many people are leveraged 100 to 1. And that's why you've seen such major volatility. And frankly, look what happened over the last, since we started the show. Bitcoin's down another about 1,000 points. So, I mean, it's just, you know, once again, I can't really argue with the guy. He's pretty much spot on in my book, but we'll see what 2022 has in store. Now I focus. Oh, here we go. Uh, let's sw- swing back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from Chicago on 888.99 chart. Hey, Steve or Justin. This is Dan in Chicago. Question about tax loss harvesting. What I'm looking at is tax loss harvesting some of my losers in my taxable brokerage account and then moving that money and rebuying those shares in a Roth account. I'm curious if you know of any drawbacks to this strategy and if that would also violate the wash rule. So would I need to wait 30 days before buying those inside of a different account? Again, moving from a taxable and then rebuying in a Roth. I'm excited to hear your answer and thank you for everything you guys do each and every day. Thank you. I like this strategy. Uh, from my, my understanding, this would not violate the wash rule. Uh, now, if you did it within another taxable account, uh, then it would. I think some people get around to, oh, well, I'll, have, uh, I'll sell it in my Fidelity taxable account, and then I'll buy it in my uh, TD Ameritrade taxable account. And they think they're getting around it, and, and, uh, and uh, they aren't. But you're right. I, I believe within a Roth IRA, there's, there's, no, there's no wash rule issue. And so I really like, that thinking kind of outside the box. Not a lot of people have thought about this, but uh, it's probably a smart way to go. So, um, you know, that's happening a lot right now. So you're seeing a lot of the beaten down names having ex- outsized weakness as of late because of tax loss selling. Typically that abates sometime around Christmas because most people kind of get done with that uh, by mid mid month. And then uh, those names start to get a bounce. Uh, but, so be on the lookout for that. Understand that there's a lot of tax loss selling happening this time of year. Now, in the next Invest Talk story that looks at the question, should you own bonds when yields are so low? The theory of the case is this. When bond yields are below 3%, as they have been since uh, 2018, the bonds lose their luster as a desirable place to park your money. Steve will take you through that, the twists and turns of that story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. 
With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck. Because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Luke from New York. I have had Airbnb ticker symbol ABNB on my watch list for a while. I see over the last couple of quarters their EPS has been going up. What is your evaluation of this company and at what price would you buy it? Also, I have seen the interest rates rise, causing prices of these high valuation stocks to dip. This is a stock I want to buy and hold for a long time. In the future, would like to add on dips as well. I will be waiting to hear your answer on the podcast. Thanks for all you guys do. Bye-bye. Airbnb, I don't think anyone needs to needs an explanation of what they do. Now, this is a name that has also been losing money ever since it's gone public or it's really been in existence. Supposed to lose 60 cents a share this year, but next year, a dollar in earnings expected. Now, it's still $171 stock, so high multiple based on that forward earnings. But clearly, there's longer-term growth here with Airbnb, but they're not the only name in the game. A lot of people think they are. Oh, it's Airbnb, Airbnb. It's the, the Band-Aid of the... Uh, you know, the brand name of the sharing economy. Well, there's also VRBO and, and other, you know, there's other, uh, I believe Hilton is trying to get into this as well. And Marriott's trying to get into this. Other bigger hospitality names are looking at this space to try to compete. And I think that's underestimated. It's $108 billion market cap today. 
And if you look at it from multiple perspective, enterprise value to revenue, 20 times, pretty expensive. Our value is about $90 per share. It's at 171 at the close today, down $9 today. It's another example of one of those large tech companies that definitely had a rough day today and starting a downtrend. And so uh, it is a name on my watch list, but it would need to have a double digit price, not a triple digit price for me to get interested in the name. And so, yeah, keep it on your watch list, but don't get aggressive here. Let's go to Monica in San Francisco looking at SLVT. How you doing, Monica? Hi. Hi, Justin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, So, you know, Silver has been down and uh, been down for me, this, um, I think this, for this, uh, uh, for this one, I've been down 25%. So I'm just kind of curious what you think on this. Uh, can you, can you repeat the ticker symbol? SLV, what was it? VP, P is Peter. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So the silver miner, SLVP. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a diversified set of silver miners and this is, Definitely depressed. This is another area that I think you're getting a lot of tax loss selling. And that means there's undue pressure on the stock uh, or on, on the, the shares downward in in the short term. I still like the, the silver miners. Now, uh, there's going to have to be a turnaround in the uh, precious metal space. Not that there's any, any change to the long-term trajectory of gold and silver prices. You had a breakout early last year around the pandemic time, and it's had a long consolidation pattern. It, it still has not gotten back to where uh, that breakout started. And so this is, to me, there's nothing wrong with this. I know it seems like it's weak, uh, but if you if you step back, it's still overall in an uptrend above the 200-day moving, uh, week moving average, and uh, I think near support. Now, it certainly could break down, but as of right now, I still remain long-term bullish, Medium term, it's neutral. In the short term, it is bearish, but uh, you haven't had a breakdown through that long-term pattern. And until then, I'm still going to remain bullish because those long-term patterns remain in favor. So uh, I would not be selling this right now unless you get a breakdown. You get a breakdown decisively below the lows you saw from, uh, what was that, November, October, November timeframe. Uh, if you get below that, then maybe uh, there's a breakdown, but we're not there yet. So you don't want to react until you see that. So I still like this space. But would you add to this position? Would I add to it? Um, if mm-hmm. it holds here, yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would probably wait for a reaction on the Fed news uh, on Wednesday because it'll probably have some sort of reaction. But from a risk-reward standpoint, it, it's very attractive because if it does break lower, then you just sell. It, it, it you know, broke your support. You lost a little bit, no big deal. Um, but if you get a turnaround here, I think the moves to the upside could be quite explosive. So I like that. Thanks for the call. Now, when people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So let's go answer. Call me Sarwer says, Could I please get your thoughts on ZVIA? ZVIA. Says they are a drinks company that makes naturally sweetened, healthier alternatives to sugary drinks. I started drinking their various soda flavors about a year ago and absolutely fell in love with the taste. 
They IPO'd earlier this year, and I wanted to wanted to wait to buy until the lockup period ends on January 18th. Well, first thing, I love that you're understanding the process of an IPO and the lockup period. For everyone out there, typically, most IPOs have a lockup period of six months. Not always, but typically. And after that six months, the insiders can start to sell more shares. And that usually puts pressure to the downside. Well, like you said, like you said, the lockup period is January 18th. So I would be patient on this. It's in a downtrend. And if I'm an insider and I own shares in it, and now suddenly I can sell and I've been seeing my value kind of dwindle and dwindle and dwindle over the last five months, I'm going to be ready to sell. I don't want this to dwindle anymore. And so I would imagine there's going to be more shares on market, more pressure to the downside. Now, they don't make any money. I think that's my biggest issue here. They're still going to lose $1.28 this year, $0.25 cents next year, $260 million market cap. So it's still very, very small. Uh, it's growing nice 25% per year on the revenue side. Uh, but once again, it's still not profitable. Now it's building. Um, and I like that you're looking at companies that you like, that you use their products, that uh, in your case, you fell in love with. So you're ticking a lot of boxes here for me. My issues are twofold. With that block of period, definitely be patient on that. And then the fact that they're unprofitable. I need to see that start to improve. In fact, in 2020, they made money. Made three cents a share. But now they're going to lose $1.28 in 2021, 25 cents next year. Why is that? What's happening with the business? I really need to dig into that and really understand what that could mean for uh, earnings going forward and whether they can return to some level of profitability. If they can, then I think post this lockup period, give it a few months, you might have a good, good buy. But for now, I would be patient on it and keep it on your watch list. Thanks for the call. Now let's touch a bit on inflation. And as of last April, economists on average expected inflation this year to be around 2.5%. Well, as of the last report, we're at 6.8%. And like I said at the top of the show, depending on your typically political leanings, you're going to blame one thing or the other. Too much spending and stimulus or supply chain bottlenecks and issues? Well, the answer is a little bit of both. That's why you're getting this strong inflation number. And the big question is, what will 2022 bring? Well, first off, is there going to be as much stimulus in 2022 as there was in 2021? Odds are no. So that's going to slow. The Fed, they're talking about QT, reducing the stimulus, that's going to slow. And then you think supply chains are going to remain this backed up and have this many issues throughout the entirety of 2022? Unlikely. And then you have base effects. When you're looking at these high inflation numbers for this year and you get into 2022, those are going to be hard to beat. And so all those factors mean that, guess what? Inflation in 2022 is likely to be lower not higher, lower, not higher. Now, does that mean we're going to have low inflation going back to one or 2%? Probably not. 
but these are dual dynamics that are driving these numbers. And the odds are one, if not both of those dynamics from the demand and the supply side are going to abate somewhat. And even the stimulus package, 1.9 trillion that they're trying to get through. That's over many years. So the stimulus is not going to really have that much of an impact in the near term. And even economists, going back to the, the, the act that was passed in March of, of this year, they're saying it only had an impact of inflation of about 0 0.1 to 0.2%. So it's not really a huge impact on that front. But normally, companies respond to higher prices by raising output, maybe increasing prices a little bit. Well, they're having trouble with that. And that's why you're seeing this concentration in goods being a driver of inflation. But it's also now spreading to services as well as labor inflation really picks up. Now, another people are going to a lot of people are going to point to housing inflation, and that's certainly true. And that's going to feed in. That's probably the biggest driver of inflation next year is what is called owner equivalent rent (OER), and it's typically a lag effect to where if housing prices go up, it typically typically takes time for the that OE that owner equivalent rent to to pick to uh, pick up. Why? Because the leases need to come off lease, and those landlords need to raise their rent to reflect those higher housing prices. And that's going to be the biggest driver of inflation in 2022, if there, if there is a driver. One of the big drivers recently has been car prices. Well, that's starting to ease up as well. And housing is remains tight. Prices are going to continue to probably rise, but mainly in kind of the gateway cities as there's outward migration from New York and L.A. and San Francisco and Boston and Washington, D.C., Miami, those places where prices are high and into entry level homes and, and areas like Idaho where it's just cheaper to live. And so that's what you're, you're likely to see. It's good, different dynamics in 2022. And a lot of people like to look at the recent past and they extrapolate the recent past. And they think that's what to expect in the future. Well, the future is often very different than the recent past. In fact, if you go look back in any period and you look the previous three years and you go to the future three years, they're usually very different in the asset classes that perform well, the sectors that perform well, how the economy performs. That's just the nature of cyclicality. Markets, economies, they're cyclical. And that's why I, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people that have 401ks. And when you have a 401k, you get a list of funds, right? That you can invest in. Well, what do they also give you? What did it do in the last year? 
or three years or five years or 10 years. And the people who don't know what they're doing, understandably, just look at those numbers and they think, oh, well, this one's done well the last three years, five years. I'm going to do that one. They just chase the performance. And studies show that that is often the worst way to go. So understand that. Now let's get back to the Investock Voice Bank at 888-99-CHART. Hi. Yeah, I'd like to ask you to discuss Tesla. Tesla, the electric car manufacturer, a lot of thrashing going on thanks to Elon Musk making comments on Twitter and then, you know, the big short positions that have been taken over the years and yet it has defied those. So uh, what's your outlook for the electric car manufacturing sector in general and Tesla in particular? Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, the electric car manufacturing sector more broadly, I think will eventually just become like the car manufacturing sector today. The vast majority of what goes into building an electric car is the same as what goes into building an internal combustion engine car. It's just a different drivetrain. That's it. Still has four wheels, still has an axle and uh, door handles and windows and uh, infotainment system and a steering wheel. Typically a high capital, capitally intensive business, low margin, very competitive. And so I don't really like the space. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a long period of time, you know, I'm not a fan of Tesla. I'm not a fan of Elon. He's broken. He's, he's, he's broken the law many times. Hasn't been really punished. I think that was a big precursor to the SPAC boom. It's because the SEC didn't really do anything to him. And so uh, you're starting to see the rollover finally uh, a bit. Now, definitely not the death kneel, but it's reflexive. There, there's the reflexive nature to the Tesla's move higher, and it will be reflexive downward if it starts a downtrend. And so I still think it's a terribly, it's probably the most valued, overvalued company in the history of the stock market today. Most Invest Talk, I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here, help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So if you're going to call me, you want to do it right now. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Justin Klein. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, this question is ideally for Justin. My name is Paige, and I called a couple weeks ago about carbon credit ETFs, and you suggested that I look at the underlying companies instead. So I have two companies I'd like you to comment on, please. One is Vera, V-E-R-R-A, and the other is Gold Standard. My understanding is that those are the two biggest carbon credit companies. I always appreciate it when you don't just comment on a company, but also tell us when you would consider buying it. And I'm most grateful for your help. I am a loyal listener. Thanks. Well, appreciate your loyalty. And you're looking, uh, let me start with, Vera, 
V-E-R. Vera Mobility provides smart transportation solutions, develops and uses technology and data intelligence to help make transportation safer and easier. Interesting. Delivers traffic law enforcement services. I'm just reading kind of what they do. Delivers tolling and violation management to car rental. Interesting. I'm not sure why this would be carbon credits, though. Hmm. Very interesting. Now, the chart is okay. Uh, it's just kind of uh, trending sideways here. So, let me see. Yeah, pretty small company. V VRRA is the symbol here. Sorry, VRM. Excuse me. $2.3 billion market cap. So let's make a dollar a share next year. Revenue's up 67% last quarter. The technicals look fine. I'm going to give this one a, a, a relatively thumbs up. I like the return on equity, about 20% here. Hmm. Very, very interesting name. Modest amount of debt. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give Vera uh, a thumbs up. Now, the other one, Gold Standard, I didn't see that. I saw other Gold Standard in, in relation to there's the Aberdeen Gold Standard ETF, SGOL, but I believe that is focused on the gold industry. So uh, why don't you clarify what uh, which one you're talking about, maybe what actual ticker symbol. That's always helpful for everyone out there. If you're calling in the show, uh, giving us the actual ticker symbol is always helpful so we know exactly what you're looking at. Now let's tackle another iTunes review question. Jules Juliet Romero, Romeo says, I bought into the stock ride when it was pretty high and I've been holding ever since. It hasn't been going anywhere, but I should I cut my losses or is this another hope or is, or is there any hope for the stock? R-I-D-E. This is Lordstown Motors. Ah, yes. This is another one of those uh, SPACs that are prom promising the world in electric vehicles. And guess what? This has been a downtrend, insiders dumping, losing money, and still has about an $800 billion market, million dollar market cap. I'm, I'm passing. I see no reason why this is actually going to turn around. Like I said, still not making any money. Uh, there's probably a lot of tax loss selling in the near term, frankly. But maybe that's what you should be doing if it's in a taxable account. Not a name that I would be interested in investing. I would definitely sell sooner rather than later. Now let's squeeze in one more iTunes question. Jehobo says, hoping to get your thoughts on Marvel, MRVL, the fundamentals, technicals, and whether or not you think it's healthy considering it just hit its all-time high. Well, any stock hitting an all-time high is probably fairly healthy. Well, this is in the chip sector, and they're supposed to make a record $2.21 next year, $1.55 this year. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. $1.55 this year. Uh, it's trading at $86 a share. So the technicals, you can't really argue with technicals. They're pretty good, although... You've had this spike up and, and a fairly quick rollover, but it's above all the moving averages. It's strong, but our value is much lower, around $50 per share, now trading at 86 and change today. So I would keep it on my watch list. Good company, uh, but I think the chip sector is in for a rough 2022, 
and I see this rolling over. I'd be patient on the name. Now, I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads now with 36.9 million. We should cross the 37 million mark very, very soon. Thanks to you, probably this week. Get yours anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And be sure to rate and review. And leave a message or a question with your iTunes review. We will prioritize your answer. Independent thinking, shared success. This is the best talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial.